You're listening to Big Girl Money. So nice to see you again. It's nice to see you too. <laughs> you are out of LaCroix. <gasps> I, I, it's, I've got to run to the store right now. I know. Oh my Not, gosh. I told Chris, I walked in and I said, listen, this is the last tangerine LaCroix. You can tell we both had some hard weeks since we're not on the wine wagon. I know. Right? I was thinking about bringing wine, but then I was like, ah, yeah, the Tuesday. Well, and I'm trying to not drink it I know. for the You're next right. four You're months. Right. I need but to be supportive. I, no, I want you to be able to drink it. Well, no, but that's not fair because then you're going to want to drink it. <laughs> we only need to do it when we deserve it. Oh, I like that. You answer. know, because sometimes every, you will treat yourself every once in a totally. while. Totally. Because who, totally. didn't you meet with somebody and they were like, it's not worth it to totally starve yourself because it'll just stress yourself out about yeah, every you've little gotta thing. you've got to be you've got to be really gracious with yourself yes gracious right? with yourself and i think even the rock has cheat days did you know that the rock the rock has mm. cheat days on his diet really yes and chris and i talked about it and he doesn't have like a little cheat day he has like <laughs> a dozen donut cheat day what yeah wow it's really cool so it makes you think you got to be kind to yourself yeah right and anything you, you, done you, in you have been so good I know. You really have. I, I, I definitely. You had one beer at my birthday party. Yes, I did. But other than that, I haven't seen you let up once. I know. Because it is working. Yes. Today, we so, had our 60 days into the treatment. Right. Second biopsy. Second biopsy and 60 days in the treatment. And the little cancer bitch is shrinking. Still shrinking. I know. I'm so, I'm so pleased. I hope that every episode... It starts with you saying, the little bitch is shrinking. Because <laughs> I don't think of the tumor as a good thing. I, well, I really, I, <laughs> I mean, I really think of it as I hate cancer and I want this tumor to die. Yes. Right? Yes. And that is weird because I don't think about that in everyday terms with anything else in my life. Oh. So it is funny. Did it's you almost, feel that way about Franklin? Ooh. But that's another story. You should story. call your tumor Franklin. <laughs> that is no i don't even want to say his word his name anymore it's okay. really funny it's very negative energy okay so but and i don't have a name for my tumor i have to think about that well it has to start with a t so we can yeah. have alliteration all right I, i'm i'm this is one of the things we're going to figure out what about tony the tumor yeah except anytime i meet a tony again mm, and tony's are usually nice yeah I, well, I don't know that but how about this the listener that can email us the best name for Wendy's tumor, we'll send you a signed copy of Wendy's book. I love it. I can't wait to see and the you creativity. To, and it, you have to review the podcast and give it five stars. <laughs> give it five stars, leave a review, and the best one, the best name for the tumor, will give a book. Right, I Wendy? It. I love it. <laughs> so, um, Ronnie's doing great mm-hmm. after a week of being. I'm on fun employment. Fun employment. I love it. Yeah. So I've built Instead two... of unemployment. Yes. Fun employment. I've built two 1,000-piece puzzles. Oh, my gosh. So that's been really good. That's a lot of work. I know. I've applied to a few jobs. My resume's all updated. Wendy and I workshop my resume. Yes. We're doing it in the kitchen. We're standing at the breakfast bar, and Chris was like, why don't you guys go somewhere else to do that or sit down? We're like, nope. <laughs> Got to keep We're on a roll, man. Yep. And then we stood there and we workshopped it, so it's all ready to go. You planted those, I mean, your whole backyard is all Oh, yeah. I planted green flowers thumbed. in my whole backyard. Yes. yes. I've been quite productive. You have. I think I'm going to get my oil changed. Oh, okay. That's not a big deal, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of Big Girl Money is really exciting. Okay, so we got some of the fun new segments that we have been talking about, one of which is Big Girl News. And boy, are we lucky to have a fabulous guest today. Yes. And then we will end with our Big Girl Spotlight. I love it. Here today bringing you the news is Wendy Bowling with Big Girl News. <laughs> Do you like that? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm loving this 
newsworthy event. Okay. Um, you know how we've, we've talked about getting more women at the executive table? Oh, yeah. We talk about it all the time. General Motors <laughs> will become the first company within the auto industry to have a majority women board in June. Oh, my god! Now, unfortunately, it took two males retiring. <laughs> Lisa didn't have to die, right? <laughs> Their departure will leave an 11-person board led by CEO Mary Barra. That includes five other women directors. And what's even cooler about this is they're, they have a female CFO, too. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And the shift comes as women are slowly gaining more power at the largest U.S. companies. Lifted by pressure from investors and employees, as well as state-mandated quotas. Researcher Equilar says women may now comprise half the members of Russell 3000 company boards by 2034 is the projection. Ooh, a forecast, that's not too bad. A forecast that's shortened by two decades since 2016. Oh my So there's God. some movement, baby. That is some movement. Yeah, I love it. And that's for all boards at American company, not just auto industry. Right. Okay. That's Russell 3000 company boards. Russell 3000. What's a, what's a Russell 3000 company? Uh, it is a set of the top 3000 companies. Okay. Okay. So barring changes in the composition of other company boards, Barra an incoming Best Buy CEO, Corey Berry, who's also a woman, okay. will become the only female CEOs in the S&P 500 who serve a board with a majority women directors, according to that data compiled by Bloomberg. Wow. So right now, there are Best Buy, Viacom, CBS Corp are the only other S&P 500 companies that also have majority women boards. Wow. But if 19 other companies added just one more woman, they would be majority. Wow. So on a tipping point, people. <laughs> and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm wringing you my hands evil. and I want my evil giggle. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Isn't well, that cool? go General Motors. That's right. We're so proud of you. What kind of car does General Motors make? Is that a type of car? It's, I hate to say this, it's kind of old people's cars. Oh. It's like grandma cars. Like like Buicks? Yeah, and I this is not my topic of expertise. I'm sorry. Well, it's even cooler, well, right? It's not this young, new, hip company that's doing it. It's the good old General Motors. You are so right. So let me tell you what some of the GM cars are. Since I, I kind of use cars to drive around, I, they're not like my... Do you love cars? I mean, like... No, I don't do even... I have to get a new car. Okay. And I have no idea what I want to get. Okay, so we this is... Chevrolet Cruze, Chevrolet Volt, Impala, um, Buick LaCrosse. Oh, those um, are General Motors? Uh-huh. So General Motors makes Chevys. And it looks like Buicks. Cadillacs. Cadillacs. Okay. It, it, unless I'm getting this wrong. So. I had a Chevy Silverado in high school, you know. And I don't know if they make Cadillacs. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. We found this guest on a, to be on our podcast because I slid into her DMs, Ooh. my most successful DM slide to date. And through this whole process, Wendy learned what it meant to slide into a DM. So yes, that was now good. I use it. Wendy's sliding into DMs left and right now. All over the place. Yes. Just you get a DM, you get a DM, you get a DM. Yeah. You're on fire. Anyways. I'm on fire. She is the coolest person ever. Her name's Morgan Yost. Yes. She has a master's degree in astronautical engineering from Cal Poly. And she's currently a software engineer at Lockheed Martin. And she is working on NASA's next manned spacecraft, the Orion. Ooh. And what else does she do, Wendy, on her free time when she's not being a rocket scientist? It is amazing. She is a return Denver Broncos cheerleader. And she, in this episode, I'm so excited to hear everything about what that whole dichotomy between, I mean, this is a fabulous, yeah, a fabulous, really great perspective. Yeah, great perspective. Should we roll the interview? Roll it. Well, I want to hear the whole story. You know, how did you even get into tech and then cheerleading? That's yeah, so interesting. They're kind of two separate things. I never saw them as like the same 
as or as ever being related ever. Yeah. Um, it was always that I liked my math and science classes in school, and I had some really encouraging teachers growing up um, that like really you know beat the boys at the times tables and that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, nice. And that like for me, I'm super goal driven. I'm super competitive. Um, and so that was what kind of propelled me into at least not being deterred from it because I think that's what happens a lot at like the third grade level is that girls, you know, see that boys are better and they just don't want to try. Um, so that pushed me in the right direction there. And then I had technical family members like my parents and my grandparents, and I was super inspired by what they did. So that's kind of that half of the story, I guess. And I can go into a lot of detail on that if you want. And then dancing was just, I saw dancers when I was three years old. And I told my mom, like, I want to be a dancer when I grow up. And she's like, oh, okay, you want to, you know, learn how to dance and take classes. And I was like, I don't know about classes or whatever <laughs> you're talking about. Like, I just want to be on the stage so everyone can watch me. <laughs> so, that was wow. three-year-old Morgan was like. That's amazing. <laughs> and um, so then she said, okay, but you have to be five before you can go to dance class. And so every day until I was five, I reminded her, when I turn five, you have to sign me up for dance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's and then, so cute. Yeah, it was just like a passion from there. And I did a bunch of other sports, you know, like soccer and softball and running and everything. Um, never thought I would be a professional dancer. In fact, I was like you can't be a professional dancer. Like you're going to be smart and you're going to be, you know, an engineer or whatever, scientist, an inventor, an airline pilot, like all these things that I wanted to be, you know, you can't let dance get in the way, but it's okay for now. It's fun to do for now. Like that was Morgan in like elementary school, high school. And then I went to college and I was like, yeah, I may as well keep dancing on the dance team. And then I saw friends doing NFL teams and I was like, oh, well, that's something that I could maybe do. And it just so happened to work out that, like, it works really well together. Wow. Yeah. And tell me why you think it works well together. Um, I think specifically for our brand. Um, the Broncos brand is really about um, being a real woman and ah. encouraging women and picking other women up and showing other women what they can do and what they're capable of. And it's not something you would really, really stick out to you until you started interacting with us. And you're like, oh, like this is not how I expect, you know, an NFL trailer to be. So um, when I was auditioning for the position the first time around, they were like, we have a great fit for you. Like we have something called Tackle STEM. And literally it's about getting kids who are interested in sports, interested in STEM. And this is how we get to show them that – you know, it's cool to do two things. Mm-hmm. And so it's really focused around football, but the fact that they have an aerospace engineer that's a cheerleader really helps because I can be an ambassador for that program. I love that. Yeah, yeah. How fabulous. I know, and totally unexpected. Like, yeah. I didn't think, like, that it would ever work together. And yeah. they were like, oh, we're actually trying to make this work, so. <laughs> so we yeah, had There's a- so much more to it than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that, like, when we were talking the first time, you we were saying, that it's all about your personality and how well you interview and yeah. what you mm-hmm. do for a living. I really just thought you danced and that was your tryout. Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of people think. And that's what I tell them is, you know, if you go in thinking that you're the best dancer in the world, like you very well could be, but there's so much other, that's like, you know, 30% of the score, maybe, you yeah. know, there's that's you crazy. need to be this well-rounded mm-hmm. and tell us, tell me again, what is your um, and Lockheed? Yeah, I'm a guidance navigation control engineer. And so that Ooh. basically means I write the software that Control's flies the spacecraft. Yeah. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> Do you love it? Yeah. I, I have never like gone to work and been like, well, that was not worth it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's always it's always been rewarding. That's, that's good. That's terrific. What do people think about, they know you're a yeah. Broncos chili. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. Um, it's hard to tell what they think because I don't really think people just tell me. Yeah. You know, I think that most people think it's a way that they can relate to me other than work, which is really cool because oh. they're like, everyone wants to talk about the Broncos, you know? Yes. And so that's something that we all have in common. And then some people, I think they would have never talked to me in the first place if it wasn't for that, which you have to like think about the positive and negatives of that. But for the most part, I think it's mostly positive because 
it's opened a lot of doors, you know, and name recognition is name recognition, you know, so. Totally. And then as soon as they start working with me, hopefully I can prove that I am competent. Let me run this question by you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I wanted to ask you this. I When I was working at my previous company with All Men, and they like knew that I was super on this like feminism kick and starting this podcast and was like going to conquer the world. And I was going to, or one of my coworkers was going to an avalanche game. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. I love the ice girls. The ice girls are awesome. And he's like, how can you love the ice girls when you call yourself such a feminist? Don't you think that that's just objectifying women? And I was just like, kind of ran down my parade there. <laughs> Plus, so, they're really athletic. Yeah. So, but I'm sure you get that all the time. Like, people do people ask you, like, how can you be a feminist and dress in, like, skimpy outfits and be a cheerleader? Yeah. And I think that's – if they don't ask me that, they think it. Yeah. And I wish that, like, I had the opportunity to tell this to everyone that thinks it. But it's, like, if they're not going to ask me, I'm not going to tell them. Right. But um, for me, it's – and I had this conversation with my coach, actually, because we had this – really in-depth discussion about this. Um, But if you're a feminist, then you're all about women doing what they want to do with their time, with their bodies, with Mm -hmm. whatever. And if you really support other women, then you would support them to do whatever it is that fulfills them. Right. Right. So that's kind of my response to that is that it's totally about – men not telling me what to do or other women not telling me what to do or whoever not telling me what to do it's about me being allowed to decide for myself and their expectations shouldn't keep you from being right a broncos cheerleader right right it's, that's the whole point of feminism it's, yeah I, I love the way you said it yeah it's about not being put into a box just because you're a right. woman it's about opening opportunities Right. For anything, whatever exactly. you want to do. And, and it all comes down to stereotypes. If there mm-hmm. was no stereotype or there was no connotation to what it meant to be, you know, an engineer or a cheerleader or whatever it is you want to be, if it was just like we accept people for what they want to do, then this wouldn't even be a discussion, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, it's You're kind so of breaking right. that down. and. Man, I wish I would have said that to that guy. <laughs> I'm going to send him the episode. Yeah. Be like, I finally answered your Ice Girls question. <laughs> and I still love the Ice Girls. Well, <laughs> and I love the way Ronnie talked about this. You're a walking stereotype destroyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like that's a, a badge you carry? Um, Yeah, I kind of do. And I was talking with my um, coworker about this the other day. Um, and he was kind of asking me, like, what do you – what do you get out of being a cheerleader? Yeah. It's kind of a weird question to ask, but, you know, because people have hobbies and no one asks what you get out of your hobbies, yeah, right? Or they don't yeah. ask a man, what do you get out of shooting guns? Right. Yeah, people right. don't ask that. You're right. But it made me, you know, think. Think and about I, it. It's like, well, if anything, like, if you're in a group with an NFL cheerleader, then at least now all the women in the group seem normal. Right. And if I have to be the weird one, that's like everyone's like, well, that girl, like she's a, you know, NFL cheerleader and an engineer. Like, I don't even know. Like, it just kind of puts things in perspective. Right. Like if you can be on the complete opposite of the spectrum, then you're kind of making the middle seem more normal, which it should be. Interesting. Interesting. Really what do you cool. think about that, Wendy? I think it's a fabulous perspective. <laughs> I do, Because too. I remember playing sports and I would wear um, – I can't believe I'm saying this on the air, but ribbons, you know, in my ponytail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to show up and be a girl but kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't want to act like I was a guy playing sports. Right. I wanted to actually say, no, I can be both of these. Right. And it was important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's definitely something that I tried to you know, not like blatantly advocate for, but because I mean, I don't show up to work looking the most feminine out of anyone, you know, but people know like what I am. And I give so much props to women who do because it seems more and more that women are getting themselves into these roles, but they're doing it by taking on the persona of a man. Yes. They're just, you know, feeling that they have to be very masculine. I think you guys Mm -hmm. have talked about this multiple times on this show. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is just kind of another way that you can yeah. spin that and like look at your hobbies outside of work and what you're really interested in and show people that you can 
you can be both um, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And just be yourself. Well, that's how I felt. I used to never talk about watching The Bachelor at work because mm-hmm. I was like, people are totally going to judge me yeah. and think totally. I'm this idiot girl watching The Bachelor. And then I was just like, screw it. If I watch The Bachelor, that has nothing to do with how capable I am at my job. Right. And I ended up talking about it and it totally like bonded mm-hmm. me with my other female coworkers. Yeah. And then it was something that we could talk about on Tuesday after we yes. watched the show. And it's like. And just be yourself of, and you like what you like and, and there's the, a lot of closet guys that like the bachelor i know and they just don't want to admit it yeah oh, one Parker's of my Parker's gonna hate me for saying this but he was in north carolina right now and he sent me a picture last night and said he was watching the bachelor by himself in his hotel room no <laughs> way i might have to edit that out he might be mad if i say that but <laughs> it's true they like it exactly and anybody who watches the bachelor with a good group of people yeah will get sucked in yeah it's i so agree fun. yeah i agree so do you think that being a Denver Broncos cheerleader has really shaped your personality? Um, no. I, I think there was like a point in college when I saw the person that I wanted to be ah. and I became that person. Um, like the three-year-old that wants to stand on stage all the time and get attention – like I probably there's still a part of me that is obviously because I dance for seventy five thousand people, but um, I'm not always demanding attention. attention sure. And um, there's just like certain things that I've learned about myself, and I've decided to I don't know take into my personality and stuff. And the Denver Broncos cheerleaders was like a great fit for me, and they've definitely made me a better version of myself. And that's their goal is to make mm. you a better version of yourself, but I they're not that. trying to make you a robot like a little box that you have to fit in right so they give you the tools they give you the resources to become the best morgan and if you take them then you will and and i think every girl um who has ever been on the team every woman sorry um will agree that when they left the team they were a better version of themselves and wouldn't that be great if corporate america was like that yeah okay first i interview you i make sure that you're roughly right in terms of the how you show up and what you've got to offer. Yeah. And then my whole goal is to make you better. Right. Mm-hmm. Is to get you to progress as much as you possibly right. can. And it's amazing that the Broncos Cheerleaders does that. Yeah. I think it's so great. I feel horrible because I feel like I would have assumed, and this is my own bias. Okay. My name is Ronnie and I have bias. <laughs> it's like yes. an AA meeting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yes. Um, I would have assumed that it was kind of like catty and there was drama or yeah. whatever. And that's a horrible thing to assume. So it makes me so happy that it's such a supportive Well, well and let's be honest. It was, wasn't it the Dallas cheerleaders that came out and had the big scandal? Um, uh, they had a whole TV show about, oh my like, goodness. <laughs> their team. <laughs> And I, I just thought... Oh, of, you're talking about, like, the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah, that article where... Pretty much every team has had some expose at some okay. point. But except for the Broncos. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so we're super proud of, like, our clean record. And, and reputation. And reputation, yeah. But um, a lot of that is to do with just women not being treated fairly and not being co- fairly compensated for their time. Basically, the, the organization's not taking what they do seriously. Right, and not valuing them. Right. Right. Not exactly, exactly not valuing them. Yeah. The reason that we have no issues um, on that is because the Broncos respects us. Oh, I love it. And little did I know when I was like looking for where I was going to live after college or what NFL team was, you know, like it, it just kind of so happened that this is the only team that I would have cheered for. And I didn't know it until I got into the organization and realized like You're how so amazing lucky. they are. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that is so great. Got right. very lucky. But I want to go back to you said you saw the type of person you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Because what was that? Can you say more about how that happened? Yeah, I think that was me seeing the type of person I didn't want to be, really. Mm. I worked with people in school, and I took on roles in school where I either did something that I was like, why did I do that? Like, I'm not super proud of that. And it wasn't like anything that you should be ashamed of. Things like working in a group project and taking on all the responsibility of everyone and not letting anyone else do any of the work Um, and being like super controlling and stuff like that. It's stuff that now I look at people who are and I'm like, oh, I remember when I was like that. I'm glad I'm not anymore. But 
it was just kind of looking around and realizing that like I had a chance to become whatever person I wanted to be and the things that were making me stressed or causing me to lose sleep at night or you know that's hard to like put it into words but it was just the things that I didn't want to be I, I guess. love that yeah yeah because I like people I so think people have that continuously in their life mm-hmm. yeah. right and you can decide to be aware of it and make some changes and almost put some stakes in the ground yeah about how you're going to show up yeah from that point on and that's a really cool thing to be intentional Mm -hmm. about right that's what I kind of learned being in college and after college you get to kind of pick your personality yes like you can look at all these traits and you can acknowledge the traits that you like more yeah yeah you know and kind of embrace the stuff yeah, that I think going to college is your first chance yeah. to decide how who you're going to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And I think you get that almost every single job. Yes, mm-hmm. you do. You totally do. And you get you, to look at how people perceived you at your last job and decide to be um, like a new version of you at the right. next job. And be intentional about that too. So And so what what would be one of the things you'd like to change about yourself? Like right now? Yeah, um, or a perspective that you'd like to kind of shift away from in in, in terms of the Morgan 2.0 version? <laughs> I think I need to be a little bit more focused hmm. on kind of not always bouncing around as much. Mm. And that's kind of always been me. When I look back at like the history of Morgan, I am realizing that like, yes, you've always been all over the place and doing all these things because I have so many interests and I want to explore them all. But it really does take time to learn about yourself and about what you're interested in while you're focusing on those things you can't just like try it for a minute and then move on to the next thing exactly so um I think I and I'm getting better I took on the project of like remodeling my bathroom or adding a bathroom and that was like six months of my life where I only focus on that except for now I have like literally three finishing touches to do and I won't do them because I'm like I'm done with this (laughs) On to the next thing. Totally. Maybe I should go back and, like, make that change about myself by finishing the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I say... I think that's so amazing you even could do that. I love it. Um, The the biggest thing I saw was just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do it. Right. Because a job would come open in customer support, and I'd go, I could do that. Yeah. And I'd say... But should I do it? Right. Is it something I'm interested in? Yeah. Is it, it's like that deliberate, what do you want to do next and why? Right? It's got to be good for the company, but it should also be good for you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. should both benefit from yeah. it. Yeah. Right? I'm definitely doing the thing where someone has some task that they need at work and it's in something that's interesting to me. And I'm like, I'll do it. And then I look at all the things I have to do that week and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> why did I do that? Yeah. Why did I, why did I step this? up? But I think um, the last episode that I listened to, she was talking about how she got to where she was by taking opportunities when they came and letting kind of her destiny unfold. Yeah. And so then I took that to mean like, say yes to everything. Oh. <laughs> do all the tasks. <laughs> but I think there's a balance where yeah. you need to, you need to, Pick and choose what's going to benefit you and what you have time for. Well, and the way I put it is, if you say yes to one thing, what are you going to say no to? Right, And if you can't, is nothing Mm -hmm. you want to come off your, what you're doing? Yeah. It means that it's not that important. Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually done that in my closet because, you know, I'd I'd see a new outfit or a new shirt and I'd go, I'd just love it. So I made myself get rid of something in my closet when I got something new. Because my closet was kind of crazy. I actually, I had three closets. Oh my God. At my last house, I had three closets. Wendy well, is fashionista. Oh, yeah. We went to a photo shoot and they were supposed to style us and like what we should wear. And I show up and they're like, okay, try this on, try this, try this on. And they look at Wendy and they're just like, what you have on is fabulous. She didn't even get styled. They just let her wear what she wore. And it took them like half an hour to find something for me. The woman gave me a pair of overalls and I tried them on. And I go into the thing and I put them on, whatever. And they just, they don't, they're not working. Yeah. They're, they're not right for a body. They're not and working. I don't know many women they're right for their body. <laughs> and I walk they're out. They're overalls. Well, and I walk out and the woman doesn't even say anything. She just stank faces me and is like, mm-mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wendy's like already done with her makeup, ready for the photo shoot. Ugh. 
<laughs> it was drama. So there's this legacy book. Yeah. Tell us, what is this? So um, like I kind of mentioned before, there's a whole lot of focus on, you know, leaving the team as a better version of yourself than when you came. Mm-hmm. And the legacy book is kind of our way of making sure you left the team as a better version of itself oh. than when you came. So okay. it kind of lets you know where we left off with the last girls and where we're trying to get always constantly striving to be it's basically five quotes and um there's not if you just picked up a blank legacy book you'd be like this is a corny book with five quotes in it um but if you found a legacy book after you've done your sessions with the vets on the team then you'd be like oh my gosh like this is filled with gems and wisdom yeah and wisdom and it's who gets to put the quotes in the book the vets or the rookies so the quotes were made by our like legacy goddess who (laughs) defined all of this okay um and she was one of the original denver broncos cheerleaders Mm -hmm. so there was the pony express and that was before the denver broncos cheerleaders and she was one of the first ones wow of the denver broncos cheerleaders and she was like Ah, we should make like a legacy book and so now she's like we worship her for the legacy book <laughs> yeah um but as far as you know what tidbits you take from the vets it's your book to write in so oh. you write down what is important to you you think about like you know what would i want to tell a rookie when i'm a vet okay. um those kind of things and and so the legacy book is different every year mm-hmm. it's you know the same five quotes but it's every person's book is not going to look similar at all. And so everybody has their own. Everyone has their own. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I was thinking it was this oh, one holy book. book. Yeah, no. No, everyone has their own. Yes. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. It's a lot of stuff that's focused on, you know, how to make the team run smoothly and how to make sure that we are keeping up our image that we've taken so long to build. Um, but and a lot of the, that image. Right, right. But it's, yeah, it's really special and it's kind of something that you – look forward to doing as a rookie and getting to learn from everyone. But then once you become a vet and a rookie asks you if you will do legacy books with them, it's like, Oh, they like <laughs> want to talk to me about like what I think is important about the team and get my take yes. on it. Cause we all have the same big bullet points, but the way we spin it and the way that it's really impacted us in our lives is totally different. So you want to talk to as many people as you can. Almost sounds so- to me like, defining the culture of yeah. the Denver Broncos yeah. cheerleaders. Yeah. Which if companies would be more intentional about that. Right. Or even people about their own brand. Yeah. It sounds like it would be a really cool way to yeah. think of how you want to leave as a better version of yourself. Right. Any job or any project or right. any stage of your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And so I think the cool thing about legacy books too is as you become a vet, you get to see like, how some of the things that you learned as a rookie, you think the culture has kind of shifted now, like, and, and you get to define the culture. So as a vet, you get to sit down and you get to say, obviously the team is first or whatever, but I might sit down and say the team is the priority, but you need to have your careers and your lives outside of the team. Whereas another girl might say the team is that priority and you're only going to be on it for an average of three years. So take all the opportunities as you possibly can. And I've come to realize that there's a balance and that, you know, I might not give that same advice to a rookie coming in as someone else, but it's good to get all these perspectives that makes totally. this wholesome culture. Yeah. yeah. And what makes you a vet? Uh, just if you make it back for your second plus year. Wow. Yeah. So you're, you've done this. This is my I'm auditions on Sunday. Would Next be Sunday. your second well, year. Will be my third year. Third yeah. year. That's fabulous. Yeah. What's yours have in it? Well, there's one quote that every legacy book I can almost guarantee has mm. in it. And it's um, eyes wide with the fire of a rookie. Because when you come on to the team as a rookie, everything is amazing. And game day is like the most exhilarating thing you've ever done. And you're just absorbing everything in. And every new experience is just like life changing almost. Mm -hmm. And so if you can maintain that mentality that this isn't work, this is like the opportunity of a lifetime Mm -hmm. And you can keep your eyes wide and everything open to all the opportunities that are coming at you, Uh then you'll really, you know, absorb the most out of the experience as opposed to getting kind of in a routine where you're just kind of 
doing the games, doing the practices and yeah. stuff. All right, and not like taking it and in don't and take it for granted. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I that's almost, great advice for any part of your life. Oh, yeah. and yeah. I was thinking it'd be great advice for a relationship. Oh yeah. yeah. So you don't yeah. get all stale and yeah. right and say, hey, I go up to Chris and go, my eyes are wide open. Oh, <laughs> totally. After eight years, it's like I just met you. Chris is yeah. so funny. He said, when I get Alzheimer's, I'm actually looking forward to that part. If Aww. I if I had to get it. Because it'd be like I'd meet you new every single day. Oh, Christian. And I went, oh, wow. So cute. He is so cute. Oh. He's so sweet. That's funny. And we happen to That's be engaged. That's awesome. I, yes, I heard. And we happen to be engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. I love it, too. Oh, so great. So um, you have done a lot in your three short years being out of college, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what would you want to do next professionally? I'm kind of on to the... I'm still within Lockheed, but I've moved from the program that I started on to a new program. And so that's kind of my next step there and seeing where that goes. It's a very different pace. It's a lot smaller. It's more like R&D types work. So um, that's super exciting for me. I always joke, though, that like, you know, maybe one day I'll just decide that engineering is not for me and I'll go like get my PhD in neuroscience or, <laughs> totally. you know, get my law degree or something. And um, <laughs> that's never off the table, yeah. you know, is to do just totally pivot. Um, totally. But for right now, I, I'm happy with, with what I'm doing in my career because I did just recently change it up. Fabulous. Would you want to be a manager? Yeah. So then like the end goal would be technical Lead. expertise. I think it's so cool to be the one person in the company that knows everything about that one thing, yeah, you know? Mm. And um, at Lockheed, we call them fellows. Yeah. That's kind of my end goal. I thought a lot about it when I was first starting out, thinking like I had to have my mind made up, you know, on day one of my job where I was going. But I, I'm still obviously open to changes depending on how my career ends up. But right now, I would like to see myself as a fellow because a lot of women, I feel like, end up going the managerial route. It's just like they're like, oh, you're a woman. You're good at managing things. You're good at people skills. And I'm honestly not that great at people skills. And I can recognize that about myself. Um, I'm good at putting my head down and getting things done and learning things and figuring problems out by myself, completely by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like I will not ask for help. And that's like another thing that I probably should work on. But that's kind of why I feel like I really want to be a fellow, especially also because a lot of women don't end up on that track like I don't know how many fellows we have that are women but I fairly certain it's under 25 percent oh I bet and so I like to you know defy stereotypes do things differently so totally (laughs) I think a a fellow is an individual contributor yeah okay yeah but the best thing about it is AT&T had the same thing okay uh, Lucent and Avaya and so they had a technical track that was parallel to the leadership track and so we had a CMTS was which was only one percent okay of the population and it was equivalent in pay right to a director right which was managing managers right we have the same I think I love that because you need to get creative like that to figure out and allow people who are going to top out yeah to have other places right. to go. I know. There's right? so many people who go into management where it's like, you should be an individual contributor. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. You just they've, should be. They've got promoted into their level of incompetence is right. the way we used to say it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh, shouldn't have gone that last step. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. And nobody and also steps back. And they're not self-aware like she is. No, exactly. <laughs> to know that about yourself this early, that's that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the strong people that I work with, they're like, oh, I got to get in. We have a leadership development program. Yeah. They're like, we got to get, I got into the leadership development program. And I'm like, keep me away from that. (laughs) I'm sure it would be good for me to learn, you know, those skills and stuff. But um, I, I want to go on in my own path. Well, and you need, as a technical leader, you need those same skills. Yeah. But it's different. Right. Right. Than a manager. Right. Right. I actually believe everybody is a leader. Oh, that's own, one of in our their own little way. legacy book things is leading by example. Yes. Oh, okay. Because we are very like structured in our rehearsal room. We have captains, you know, it's like a yeah. sports team. Mm-hmm. So if you're a rookie, the best thing you can do is like be that rookie that everyone can look to and ask questions of and perform like a vet, you know, and, yeah. and lead by example, mm-hmm. as opposed to lead by taking initiative on, you know, some practice. Right, like thing that happens in practice because that's what the captains are for is to 
is to be the the leader in the traditional sense of the leader. But yes. As far as leading by example, I think that's super valuable mm-hmm. when you see a rookie who's like, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm good over here. I don't need your help. And you're like, thank you, because yeah. I'm struggling and I <laughs> don't have time to help you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Why do you think that we can't really move the dial around getting more women in on the executive ranks and in on boards? Why do you think there's such slow progress around that? I think that at least from my perspective in the aerospace industry, the way that our technology changes is so slow compared to the rest of technology because we have to launch things into space. We have to see that it works. We have to just certifying things for space is such a huge process. Mm -hmm. And once you do it once, you're like, okay, that worked. Let's not touch it. Let's not change it, you know? Yeah. And so people die. Yeah, exactly. The, the consequences are expensive and they're life threatening. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you, you make a bug in software that's on your iPhone and you send out a patch next week, but there's no, the things in space now, like, what are you going to do to fix the piece of hardware that broke? You know? Yes. I think we just have this culture in aerospace specifically where change means you have to rethink the way you did everything. You change one line of code, now you have to go open up all your verification processes and you've got to go retest everything because that one line of code, who knows, you know, maybe yeah. it's going to yeah. do so much damage, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we just have this like very slow mentality towards change. We're very risk adverse. And I don't know that that's like necessarily why someone would justify why they don't want a woman in a leadership role. Although I think the aerospace industry has like the most women in leadership roles out of all, like as a percentage of yeah, the companies. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. The top five companies. Yeah. Um, But I think it's just kind of like something that is built into our legacy um, in, in aerospace is just – you know, like we do things the way we do things and that's how we're going to keep doing things. So like uh, changes. So there's not least. a lot of change yeah. at all. At all. Just at all. Like wow. Even from what the employees look like. Yeah. 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 Have yeah. you ever felt discriminated against? No. I mean, the Broncos cheerleader thing is like kind of a outlier, I feel like, because, you know, I've definitely had people that have introduced me and said, hey, this is Morgan and um, she's going to be working on so-and-so and she's a Denver Broncos cheerleader you no. know and, and I'm like, like what the hell <laughs> why would you say this? that yeah right. and and it's like at the same time if it was hey this is Morgan and she's gonna be working on so-and-so and she's an Olympic athlete okay you know like maybe that's if you think of it from the same place but it's that's like, kind of weird too okay <laughs> I mean <laughs> I was trying to justify it <laughs> I mean it's yeah it's just weird it's kind of like when people say Here's Wendy. She's a DMTS and she's a woman. Yeah. You notice she's a woman. Yeah. And we have so few DMTS women. No, yeah. I'm just a DMTS. Yeah. yeah. You just want to be seen for who you are. Right. Right. And I always go back to, does, do they describe any of the men in any extraneous ways right. like that? That's like, true. here's John, he's leading the cobalt project and Guess what? He got the biggest bass fish in Michigan's history. Right. I mean, if they were to do that, I'd say, you're just a weird person, and I'll let you yeah, say this yeah. about me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but really, are they doing that? Right. And yeah. that's that's what it kind of comes down yeah. to. Yeah. But, and you say nothing. You just smile. I just smile. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, yep, that's me. <laughs> that's actually pretty much what I say every time. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't – I think that just in general, there's still – definitely some unconscious bias but it's not overt and it's all subtle it's all very subtle yeah Yeah. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be managed by people who see my potential and I honestly didn't even realize how lucky I was to have some of the tasks that I had so the fact that I had it I was like okay I you know definitely they think a lot of me yeah 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 I love that it probably helps that you intern there too yeah and how about what do you think's deterring so many girls from getting into tech? I think it's all down at the second, third grade when age. When they're teeny tiny. Yeah. If if a door closes at that age, it's so hard to open it back up. Because in college, we would have girls who would come into aerospace and they would realize like, oh, it's not for me. 
And at that point, it's like, you know, we tried, we did our best, you know, at least they're in some other engineering discipline typically. Yeah. But if they didn't even come into the major, then yeah. we're there's nothing we can do. We can't show them how awesome engineering is. And, and that all happens way down low because, like I said, setting yourself up for success. If you're not doing it, when you're young, if you're not being told you can yeah. do it, that's all they need is just to be told. told they don't they have to do even it. be successful. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just need to be told that they yeah. can do it um, when they're young. Then they can kind of see their potential. Yeah. It just feels like this one-way door yeah. that will open to let you out yeah. of engineering yeah. so much easier than it opens the other way to let you in. Yeah. yeah. And, and think, it's well, a lot of work. Think about how early you have to mm-hmm. even like oh. you can't decide – your senior year of high school that you want to go into engineering because yeah. you probably didn't take the right classes no, and you right. might not have the grades. Right. I mean, Maddie almost almost didn't get in yeah. because to engineering because she definitely didn't want to take computer science at the local high school. Right. Yeah. Because every she said it was lame. Yeah. Right. And that's and the now worst. she likes it. <laughs> yeah. Now she loves it. I loved yeah. that's I had the same thing, but it and it's also hard because I think it's. It's just as wrong to tell what girls what they should be doing as what they shouldn't be doing. Totally. And so, like, I volunteer with the Girls Inc. um, over in Metro Denver, and we had a little mini career fair with, like, a bunch of Lockheed people that come because it's, like, a close partnership that we have. And obviously at a career fair, you ask the girls that are in fourth and fifth grade, you know, what do you want to be when they grow up? And so many of them said, um, you know, oh, I want to be a makeup artist. And, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, they must have a lot of makeup artists in their, you know, close proximity that are being role models to them. But it's like at the same time, I'm not going to tell them, like, you can't be a makeup artist. But I'll say, oh, that's cool. Like, what else do you want to be? Because I'm two things. Like, do you want to be two things? Yes. And then they're like, oh, you can do two things? And I'm like, (laughs) yes, you can be a makeup artist and an engineer, photographer, whatever it is you want to be. Like, I think just encouraging girls to think more broadly, but not shut down what they do and, like, are Mm -hmm. passionate about. Yeah. I I love love it. That's really very wise. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like when it almost deters women and girls when you're like, oh, you're a girl. You have to go into engineering. You have to go into science or whatever. That almost made me not like it. So many people said, you're a girl. You have to do this. And then in my head, I'm just like, am I only doing this because I'm a girl and everyone told me to? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I really thought that that's why I was doing it. It was never like, you could do that if you wanted to. It's you should do that. Yeah. And it totally just changes your mentality around it. Or you're a girl. It must be so easy for you. Did you never get that? You're a girl. No. Oh. Because, yeah, like, like, you have so many opportunities. Because, you're a girl, you'll get oh, in. You're a girl, yeah, you'll get jobs. Yeah. You're a girl, yes. Yeah. Oh, they're going to want girls. You could yeah. Do, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, my life's been so easy. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it's important to have I, – I think it's good that companies are realizing, like, we need to make more opportunities for these women because sometimes they're not going to see it themselves. And right. – having wide open doors is you know sometimes a little nudge that a little nudge (laughs) i love it i'm all for the little nudges yeah you have to have women in executive positions that are gonna even think about the changes that need to happen Mm because i think sometimes the men they don't even think about it yeah yeah i was in a meeting with three women one man and another man and one of the men was like reviewing his uh, health benefits on his laptop before the meeting starts. And he goes, I oh. can't believe this company would cover breastfeeding classes. He's like, women need a, cl- a class to breastfeed. They've been doing it for thousands of years. Holy Why do they need moly. a class? And I'm just like, oh my <laughs> God. I'm like, you're thinking out loud, not in your head. <laughs> yeah, so, You need to use your inside voice, mister. And it's so bad, but it's like, Maybe if you only have men at the top, they would never think of adding breastfeeding classes yeah, as right. a benefit. Right. right. Like, or a benefit of, you know, freezing your eggs, which is a big deal now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big deal. Right. What man would say, you know what we're missing in our benefits? Freezing eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, who does that? Right? Unless a woman who's you know, put off in her career this and struggled with the cost of it to yeah. say, I can buy a house nail or I can freeze my eggs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you have any last questions? 
Uh, I don't think so. I'm just thrilled with how this has gone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, Wendy? No, I am so tickled we've been able to spend the time this with you. This is fun. I know. You're, you're, you're just giving me so much hope. I love this idea of you don't have to be one thing. You can be multiple things. So think about what are all the things you want to be. And yeah. that is such a really yeah. creative way. You can be two To push things. it. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Or if fabulous. at least you think you can be, you know, a hundred things, then you're never shutting yourself down. Yeah. Down yeah. the road. So mm-hmm. thanks. Thanks, Morgan. Yep. This thank was you so guys. fun. <laughs> See you next time. That was fabulous. It was fabulous. Yeah. Are you ready for the big girl spotlight? I have been waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my big girl spotlight this week is for Sierra Gann. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. Well, let me tell you. Okay. She's a 17-year-old high school graduate in the Philippines who designed and constructed her own wedding gown wedding gown what the she's not getting married her own graduation gown very because i guess she had a graduation ball okay and um she posted it on in on twitter and it like totally went viral wow so she originally was gonna have somebody else design it for her and she ended up not liking their design so she took it upon herself to learn how to construct a dress and she hand painted flowers on talk about a badass and take an initiative yes so she said my inspiration came from my mom who pushed me to make the dress, which isn't that so true. It is so true. A lot of the times moms are it. like, come yeah, on, look up. Just nudging you along. And dads. Yes. She said, because I love to try new things, I thought, why not? It was my last big event for school and I had about a month of graduation practices, so I'd be able to focus more on making my gown without worrying about schoolwork. <laughs> that is so terrific. Yeah, here, I'll show you a picture of it. Stunning. Oh, it's gorgeous. I know. So she'll probably be some famous fashion designer one day. And <laughs> maybe since she was our big girl spotlight, she'll be on the podcast when she's designing like Oscar gowns. That is fair. <laughs> and, and 17. It's yeah. never too young to have your big girl moment to bust out, right? I know, right? Just take it into your own hands. What? And figure out what you love doing. Right. And don't settle. To me, that's what big girl money is all about, is doing something people didn't think you could do. I, saying, I, I screw totally, what you think about me. I I'm to- going to do it. I totally agree. Yep. So we and have having a little help from your mama. That's right. <laughs> Mamas out there, you know you're making a difference. And so are you dads. Yes. So, Ronnie, it's been always fun. Yes. But especially today, we were lucky enough to get to be with Morgan. Yep. So, listeners, go out there, get your big girl money. Don't settle. That's right. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Big Girl Money. We appreciate your support. If you want to follow us in other ways, we're on Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. And remember, we love getting email mm-hmm. about your questions and stories. I mean, it knowing that we can make an impact mm-hmm. is one of the reasons we love doing this so much. So email us at biggirlmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And check out our website, which is biggirlmoney.com. So if you like us, that makes all the big difference in the world. So what do they do, Ronnie, if they like us? Well, Wendy, let me tell you. If they (laughs) like us, they should leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast so that others can find us. Yeah, and please share it so that other people can find us too. Thanks for listening. See you next time.